Welcome to Food Focus, a weekly companion to the Retail Focus podcast. Each show will discuss news, issues, and product releases in the restaurant, fast food, beverage, and grocery industries. Here are your hosts, Trent Kling and Leighton Kling. It's another Food Focus with Trent and Leighton Kling as we discuss a number of things throughout the world of food, including the operator of Fox and Hound declaring Chapter 11 bankruptcy, the price of avocados potentially going down in September, and Bob Evans and their interaction with an activist investor. But first, we cover Chipotle, a regular topic on the Food Focus podcast, as they roll out another promotion. It's a September promotion that targets both college students and families, and more importantly, targets college students and families with the promise of free beverages this time. Yeah, it looks as though they're really trying to still build in that store traffic that was suffering from last year's E. coli outbreak. We reported last quarter, same-store sales for Chipotle actually fell 26%. It was over 30% for the first quarter of this year. And so they're really still trying to drive in through promotions and sales, more customers, and really just to remind people of their products overall. And so I think this is a really good strategy. If you're a student and have a student ID with you and, and purchase a regular entree, again, you can be a high school student or a college student, but you purchase a regular entree, they'll give you a free soft drink, one free soft drink per day. And this is strictly at the fountain. So this does actually exclude those beverages that are behind the counter in the case there. But overall, I think this is really good because the customers feel like they're getting something back every time they do make a purchase. So again, every day through September, people will have the opportunity to receive a free beverage. And this is actually on top of current still standing rewards program they have with Chiptopia. So essentially you could end up getting a free burrito and a free drink if you would qualify. So this is very exciting for them and they've really been pushing this through social media as of late. Chipotle has a second promotion, which is trying to get families to come in. In fact, they are offering a free kids meal with the purchase of an adult entree. The idea is that a family or at least a parent and child will come in and purchase Chipotle together. There you can also upsell a drink for both of them, in fact. So these promotions look a little bit more cost effective than their Chiptopia promotion, which, by the way, is still going on through the conclusion of September. And one of the nice things about this promotion for Chipotle is that it's in a high margin area. Not only are kids meals traditionally high margin in the restaurant sector, but soda is probably the most high margin item that's out there. In fact, depending on where you're at and depending on your distributor and depending on your cost of cups, of course, the average cost for a soda might be 25 or 30 cents, perhaps in some cases, even less than that. So it costs Chipotle less than giving away burritos. And it's something on the consumer end of things that you can take advantage of every time you go into a Chipotle. It's not just every fourth, eighth, and 11th visit like with Chiptopia. That being said, they're seeing high usage of their Chiptopia promotion. And one of the news articles that made the rounds a little bit, not only on social media, but it was repeated on several major websites, was this 
Business Insider article. The headline was Chipotle might be wasting millions of dollars on free food. The basis for that claim was a letter from Chipotle to the Securities and Exchange Commission, which stated that they had a tough time parsing out what benefits came from the promotion simply because comparing same-store sales with the previous year's quarter wouldn't do simply because that was before the E. coli scare happened in late 2015. I think the jumping to conclusion about might be wasting millions of dollars on free food is definitely presumptuous. What Chipotle said was certainly a safe statement given that it was issued to the Securities and Exchange Commission and certainly something that you would see in a financial release. Truly, if you're Chipotle comparing same-store sales at this point to try and get a feel for how the Chiptopia promotion is working is a very difficult thing simply because that third quarter of fiscal year 2015, the coli scare hadn't hit full on quite yet. So it'll be difficult to see how much the Chiptopia promotion helps. It'll be difficult to see how much this latest promotion for students and also for children helps them out. But one thing is for certain, Chipotle is doing a good job extending offers on a consistent basis. We talked about their happy hour offer. Of course, we've talked at length about Chiptopia, and now there's this offer as well. Some see it as an act of desperation, but if you're Chipotle, you have to continue rolling out offers and rolling out deals until your foot traffic increases once again. They made it very clear that they weren't going to stop with free burritos that they offered earlier in this fiscal year, that they were going to continue rolling out the promotions. And I say good on Chipotle for doing that and this time finding a way to do it in which it's not going to hurt their margins too tremendously. Overall, they have been having a lot of rumors and speculation abound about how they're going to continue this rollout or if they are going to continue this rollout. And I think we have a lot of questions answered here with this offering of free soft drinks and giving away kids meals with the purchase of an adult entree. I think they really understand the marketing here and how to get people back into their stores. And as you had mentioned, this isn't a desperation move. A lot of people are saying they're desperate to get customers back. They're fighting against the Paneras and the Qdobas of the world. But let's remember here, Qdoba last quarter, same store sales weren't that great. They were solid, but they weren't seeing the growth that they once had. So Chipotle really recognizes that they are the market leader in this segment, and they want to remind people of exactly why. They think the quality is better, and they want to give away free burritos and free soft drinks to get people in in recognizing that fact. I think by also having kids in the fold really helps them because if a child goes into a Chipotle and likes their food, they're going to tell their mother and father in the future, listen, I want Chipotle, I want Chipotle, and yet the parents will probably succumb to that. So this is a really good advertising campaign on Chipotle's part. And again, this is something that other restaurants really aren't partaking in. Panera has a rewards program, but it's not really tied into any sort of amount of purchases or specific dollar amount. So this is something that they see as an opportunity that others really aren't taking advantage of in this current market. People, again, are talking about a restaurant recession, but really it's just an ultra competitive environment. There's more people in this space in particular than ever before. And so I think this is a way to differentiate and by giving back to your loyal customer base.
It's weird that that restaurant recession talk, by the way, hasn't ended. You get one analyst from one particular firm that mentioned those two words, and that story's grown legs and run off with it. But you're right. It is an ultra-competitive space, and Chipotle, I think, is starting to see a little bit of market inefficiencies as far as other businesses not offering these deals. And we know that Chipotle is certainly trying to win back customers, but I think what you're going to start to see potentially beginning with the fourth quarter of this fiscal year and on into the first two quarters of the next fiscal year, I think you're going to start to see a little bit of a rebound. We've already seen same-store sales collapses get a little bit more slight for Chipotle, and we're both looking forward to the third quarter earnings call that they're going to float out to see truly exactly how much their business is sunk. But really, when you're talking about marketing to college kids, when you're talking about marketing to children, those are two areas in which other businesses in this space have a lot of trouble marketing to. When you look at Chipotle's placement in many towns, they are located in close proximity to a college, usually within a mile or two. If there is a college or university in a town, you can find a Chipotle there. So obviously they know where their bread is buttered. They're trying to drive more of that lunch traffic. But also with the kids offer, with the free kids meal offer, really what you're looking at is them trying to draw evening traffic, which we saw earlier with the happy hour promotion and they're continuing it with this kids promotion. So they're trying to target all areas of the day and make sure that they can spread out their customer base. And that'll help with that quick throughput that we know Chipotle is known for. Absolutely. I do see a bright future for Chipotle, especially if they can get that millennial customer base back into the fold. Moving on to a restaurant that also has high hopes for a rebound, but is actually looking a bit more dismal. The operator of Champs Kitchen and Bar, Fox and Hound, and Bailey's Sports Grill recently filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and this occurred on Wednesday, August 10th, and has since closed dozens of locations this week. This is actually an interesting story, as the operator, Last Call Guarantor, LLC, and its eight affiliates filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. And this is actually after a 2013 bankruptcy filing that they had. And they were since bought out for $120 million. The operators ran a kind of wild business in that they were highly debt leveraged. So within the actual petition of the Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing, they are listing up to $500 million in debt. But again, this isn't a solid number. It's just a general figure. Rumors and industry analysts are speculating that it could be up to $200 million in debt, having 49 different creditors. So that's just a massive amount. It looks as though they're really trying to help the immediate cash flow problems by closing the locations they have. So far, they've closed 25 total locations between both Champs and the Fox and Hound in a variety of different markets. But Trent, the question is, what is the future for them? And do you see a future buyer? The future for them doesn't look very bright. When you look at the amount of debt, regardless of how much the actual total is, where it falls in the spectrum between $100 million and $500 million in debt, you're talking about a restaurant chain that has a total of 48 locations. To rack up that much in debt over the course of 48 locations, that's more than the revenue of those locations over the course of a year. That's almost completely unthinkable. A sad part about this is a lot of employees were given absolutely no notice of the closings. In fact, in some markets, they showed up for work and there was simply a sign on the door. 
And there was an article in the Wichita Eagle out of Wichita, Kansas, that said at the Fox and Hound location there, there was a sign on the door that said, thanks for the years of partying. And management there, according to the Wichita Eagle, has not answered or returned any phone calls. The email they sent out to owners of their All-Star card, which was a promotion-based card that they gave out to consumers, said, Fox and Hound, our location is closed, and that was pretty much it. So there's a lot being shrouded in secrecy here regarding these closings, and as you mentioned, they've closed now about half of the locations this restaurant firm owned. As with any bankruptcy, there are a lot of different aspects of this, not only in terms of assets, but also in terms of what they're owed. According to their Chapter 11 petition, they only have $50 million in assets. And when you consider that that's over around 80 total locations, again, 48 Fox and Hound locations, 9 Bailey's locations, and 23 Champs Kitchen and Bar locations, the $50 million in assets seems a, a little bit high even to an onlooker from the outside. So not only do you have that, and of course the bankruptcy filing was on August 10th, but now you have these closings that come up a couple of weeks after that initial bankruptcy filing. Employees are left kind of high and dry, and the company isn't returning phone calls in requests for comments. So there are a lot of different things happening here. But Leighton, I'll ask you, you used Fox and Hound in one of those What We Ate segments in Food Focus earlier in the year. When you visited Fox and Hound, what there suggested to you that this might be a restaurant that could eventually find themselves in trouble? Yeah, there were a few indicators that they could be in trouble. One, there weren't a lot of people in the actual restaurant when I was in there, and I was actually coming in at a time that you would see a larger customer base in a bar and grill type setting. The other problem I saw was, and this is actually pretty much every time I went into a Fox and Hound location, was they're always training somebody. So that really indicated to me that they had a really high turnover rate. And with this filing, they had actually said company management made it clear that they had too many part-time workers and that that resulted in a high turnover rate. But the reason for that was that they were trying to have more part-time workers in proportion to full-time workers in order to avoid healthcare costs. So for them, it was a catch-22. But it turns out that if you have a higher base of full-time employees, the turnover rate's going to be a little bit lower. I think most people know that. But in the restaurant industry, this is just a fact of life. This is something that you have to adjust to, and you have to expect long-term volatility within your employee base for a long amount of time. This is something that an operator of a bar tends to have to deal with, and they just couldn't manage properly. The thing is, they had adequate time to reformat some of their stores and really look at a different structure of employment since their 2013 filing of bankruptcy, and they just did not capitalize on the opportunity here. But it looks as though Fun Eats and Drinks LLC, a Kelly Investment subsidiary, is interested in purchasing the remaining assets for Fox and Hound, Bailey's, and Champ's Bar and Grill. It looks as though they've acquired the rights to $75 million in the first lien debt that was actually owed to Ontaris Capital, one of the major debt holders for Last Call Guarantor. So this is an interesting thing because over two months ago, they were actually looking for a bidder knowing that they would be headed towards bankruptcy, but no one seemed interested. And now that they've actually filed for bankruptcy, they do have one investment group, again, Kelly Investments, that does look to be interested in the remaining locations. 
As for their total count of remaining locations, they have 37 Fox and Hound locations, four Baileys, and 14 Champs. So I don't exactly see the future that Kelly Investments might see, but it looks as though they're bringing money to the table, and this might be enough for the bankruptcy judge to halt the proceedings in the coming months. That's right. You've got a limited number of restaurants left, and Kelly Investment is actually paying the $5.4 million just to get the remaining locations through the next month. And again, when you're looking at costs there, that's an amazing amount of cost. There is certainly something wrong with the balance ledger on these restaurants when you're looking at the cost here. But as you mentioned, the shifting of workers to part-time in response to healthcare requirements, that really indicates a lack of working capital there. If you're not willing to go ahead and put up the money for health insurance to retain staff, then you've got to take money on the back end of it and spend money training individuals. And in the restaurant industry, when you train someone, you're basically working double hours. You're basically paying out double hours until that person is trained. And training is not quick in the restaurant industry either, especially when it comes to servers. So, you know, for the employee's sake at those remaining locations, you'd like to see them pull through it, but it doesn't look good. And I would be very surprised if a Kelly Investments ends up keeping the restaurant group in its current state. It looks like there are far too many problems here for them to continue operating the restaurant as it is. Just within the last year or so, I was receiving a lot of promotional materials from my local Fox and Hound restaurant. And I think that that was an indicator, something that I didn't really think about at the time. But they were offering a lot of different free offerings. So, for instance, they had an all-star club where if you signed up, you would get a free burger. And just as recent as a couple months ago, they were offering people who had fantasy football teams to come in with at least eight people or more to come in and do their fantasy football draft at their local Fox and Hound location. And with this package deal, they would get two free pizzas, 24 wings. And at the time I was thinking, well, they're really trying to boost sales. They're thinking that the people coming in for their fantasy football draft are going to be purchasing high margin drinks, other entrees and those kinds of things. But it actually turns out they were probably desperate just to get people into the door. So I think through the all-star club promotions and the free event offerings, like in the fantasy football draft example, I think that really was an indicator that they were just trying to get people into the door and remind people that they were a player in this space. Their main competitor, obviously being Buffalo Wild Wings, a massive operator, but that was basically their same store concept, that they would show big sporting events, they would have a lot of flat screen TVs to create a busy atmosphere, but they just weren't operating correctly. And I think that's something that we can definitely say now with certainty was their downfall now that they're filing for chapter 11 bankruptcy now we get to news from bob evans restaurants up against struggling earnings reports and a very competitive segment they're releasing an all-new menu and they're now facing pressure from an activist investor sandell asset management would like to see bob evans spin off their packaged foods division and we've talked prior to this point on the podcast about how successful that prepackaged food division is theoretically spinning off this division would allow bob evans to focus more more on their restaurant concept. The first question that comes to mind is, where is the future for Bob Evans' restaurant concept? It seems as though there's more growth opportunity in the BEF Foods division, which is their prepackaged food division, where they, which is their prepackaged food division. 
Yeah, it's actually quite interesting. Sandal Asset Management did a valuation on their BEF food division where they have most of the packaged foods from Bob Evans, and they estimate the total value of that segment to be $1.2 billion. And so if you compare this to the actual business as a whole, which incorporates BEF, the enterprise value of Bob Evans is around $1.1 billion. And obviously that includes the debt and all assets, but the market cap for the company is around $900 million. So what Sandal Asset Management is basically saying here is that BEF, their packaged food division, is actually worth more than all of their restaurants and has actually been bringing down their valuation for quite some time, which is an interesting thing to say because the stock itself, Bob Evans' stock, has been trading at a relatively high price-to-earnings ratio. They've been trading above 30 for quite some time now, but even management has said it's because of the higher valuation on the packaged food division that has really been lifting up the stock valuation overall. So I think it's an interesting time, and I think it really brings to the forefront a lot of questions when you see things like this happen. Bob Evans would really like to have the restaurant division flourishing, but people are saying that perhaps they could focus on those restaurants, those underperforming locations, a bit more if they didn't have the more successful packaged food industry to worry about. But other analysts are speculating that perhaps Sandal Asset Management is just wanting some quick cash, the selling off of BEF Foods, and to get a quick dividend. But yet, this isn't really what a company should look at long term if they want to grow. I think if you're trying to better a certain division, that's one thing. But to just completely sell off a division as BEF Foods that is extremely profitable, that is giving a lot of cash to the bottom line, may be an irresponsible action. Sometimes activist investors aren't interested in the long-term growth of a company or the long-term success of a company. As you mentioned, sometimes they're looking to turn around a quick dividend and then get out of their position. Currently, they have four board seats on Bob Evans, and they own 7% of the stock. So that's a little bit more than what you would consider a typical activist investor at this point. But again, that packaged food division is what's been holding Bob Evans' stock price afloat. As far as their restaurants are concerned, and again, this is a topic that we've breached before on the podcast, there's not as many growth prospects for their restaurant division as there are for their prepackaged food division. Their prepackaged food division certainly has room to grow and they can cut into different markets. But as far as opening restaurants, that's a high overhead act. When you're talking about distributing prepackaged foods and getting into different markets, that's more about negotiation and meeting with wholesalers. But when you're talking about opening new restaurants, you're going to incur a lot of opening expense from that. So in this circumstance, I would say it's almost unequivocal that it's not good for the long-term health of Bob Evans, the restaurant, for them to spin off their prepackaged food division. Now, that being said, I want to take a look at the new restaurant menu. They rolled out a different menu to all 522 locations on Thursday. One of the things that they are focusing on with the new menu is breakfast. The company has said that 52% of purchases at their restaurants include some sort of breakfast item, which is remarkable considering they are open all day and they're open more hours that are not breakfast than hours that are breakfast. 
breakfast. 41% of overall sales, according to CFO Mark Hood, are from the breakfast portion. So that's something that they are really focusing on. They're also returning the farm boy sandwich and giving a new design to the menu. This isn't the first time we've seen a restaurant redesign. Buffalo Wild Wings went through one a short time ago. But as far as Bob Evans is concerned, they're testing different things and trying to bring in a little bit of a younger customer overall. Yeah, I think they're really trying to target millennials, and I think that is definitely what they need here in this space. You see different menu offerings from both Denny's and Hi-Op with a lot of flexibility built into those menus. So I think Bob Evans has seen this and wants to roll out their own version of it. You see a lot of options with the build your own menus and you also see a bigger breakfast menu. So this is something that they definitely saw as an opportunity going forward. And as you mentioned, 41% of sales and that was actually previous with the old menu. And so with this, they've tried 18 locations in a select Ohio market in the last three months. And they said it did well with loyal customers and younger diners. So again, something with the younger generation that they see here as an opportunity to grow. I think here, this really points to the fact that they are focused on the restaurant division. They don't necessarily need to sell the packaged foods division to get their individual restaurants back on track just a couple months ago, Bob Evans closed 27 underperforming locations that generated about $30 million, but it was actually losing them money. So they would actually end up being a little bit more profitable after this. And so we have yet to see any full results from these closings, but it looks as though they are remained focused on finding a way to appease their customers and really compete with the likes of Denny's and IHOP. Again, those are the major competitors in this space. And I think that they're really focused on having a quality menu. They do offer a lot of farm fresh ideals. If you go to their website, you can order online. There's a lot of things that they've built in now to their restaurant that's really going to drive in customers. They offer catering and most of the markets where they exist. And so this is another thing that people are really going to hopefully take a liking to. A lot of their menu is focused on all natural. This is something that's been big as of late with millennials. And also they have gluten-free offerings. Not only do they have gluten-free offerings on their menus, they have gluten-free offerings on their packaged goods as well. So they really see the wave of people being more health conscious and they're trying to take advantage of this with this new rollout. One of the interesting things is now with the new menu, any main course entree can be placed into a three-course meal. And lately, not only have Denny's and IHOP tried to make meals a little bit more customizable, but this, the way it's structured on the menu, is a little bit closer to what an Applebee's or Chili's might roll out. And Applebee's and Chili's both saw success with the 3-for-20 or 2-for-20 shared meals concept a couple of years ago. So this is of note, certainly, to those interested in Bob Evans. As you said, they've been managing to try and increase whole grains. They're looking to offer more fruits and vegetables on their menu as well to the health-conscious customers. And I think one thing that would serve Bob Evans well, as you kind of mentioned with the online ordering, is their to-go service. We've seen growth in the to-go sector as far as restaurants are concerned because more people are wanting to order food and take it home to eat at home rather than sitting in the restaurant. That's a trend we've seen over the last two 
two to three months. And I feel like Bob Evans could really capitalize on that with a little bit of a marketing push towards their to-go section and towards their online ordering. And while we're on that subject, honestly, their online ordering interface, as I was playing around with it earlier today, is fairly solid. It's one of the better ones out there as far as restaurants are concerned. So there's a lot to like here for Bob Evans. And I would, at least if I'm an investor, other than Sandell Management, I would like to give the new menu a couple of quarters and see what excitement that can generate among younger consumers and see if that can drive up same-store sales before you go pushing for them to sell off their prepackaged food portion of their business. Also on their website, not only do they have a great interface with the online ordering, I noticed that they have a lot of social media engagement that's attached to the website. Something that really caught my eye was a very large Pinterest account for them. And I think this drives home to their customer base just how obsessed they are about food and the presentation and the sourcing of it. So just on their main website here, they're promoting a 46th annual farm festival where they're giving away an opportunity to get free breakfast for a year or many other prizes. And so they really want to drive home the idea that they are focused on quality and that that is going to be a main differentiator as they go forward. But I really like how they tie in to also their packaged food division Everything just goes really well together as far as I see it. And I think both shareholders and analysts were actually very optimistic upon the arrival of the new menu. The stock was up 6% on the news. It's fallen back a little bit, but the stock trades for around $40 a share, again, at a very high multiple of around 35 times is the price-to-earnings ratio. The market cap of Bob Evans is around $830 million. So again, Sandal Asset Management is actually saying that their packaged food division is worth almost 50% more than the company is trading as a whole currently. So just uh, an amazing opportunity for Bob Evans if they're able to execute well on this new menu and they're able to unlock the synergies between their packaged food and their restaurant division. Well, our final news item on the Food Focus podcast today has to do with an item that is actually sold at each of the first three food places we talked about on the podcast. That's avocados. Avocado prices are now expected to dip a little bit in September with promotional pricing beginning to sneak into the market. Promotional pricing hasn't been seen to this point because the supply of avocados has yet to meet the demand. To put it in perspective, prices this August for crates of a certain form of avocado that's fairly large, so 48 is what they call this designation of avocado that's in the larger part of the spectrum, Crates of these were $48.25 this August as compared to $22 last August for Mexican avocados. So a lot of customers, not only in stores, but also restaurants, are waiting for these prices to go down. And data suggests that it may happen midway through September. This is actually really good news for a lot of companies that are dependent on avocados and it really affects their bottom line considering avocados are actually quite expensive relative to other vegetables or produce items. For instance, we think of Qdoba, Chipotle, and Subway as having a large amount of avocado need here. And just in 2014, Chipotle said it used 97,000 pounds of avocados per day. That's just an astounding amount, an amount that I was actually surprised by. But And I would imagine that that number has only gotten higher 
higher. And so I think that any little dip in avocado pricing should really help the bottom line of these food retailers. And already you're seeing a lot of promotions. Qdoba always offers free guac. However, Chipotle does not. But regardless, it will affect their bottom line considerably if the prices continue to go lower in the coming months. But that's the thing. Anytime you have a greater demand for something, it tends to increase in price. But they need these large quantities in order to offer promotional pricing. They call it promotional pricing levels. They really need those high inventory levels in order to cut prices on them on a wholesale basis. When you look at demand of avocados, the overall volume and the overall demand for avocados was up drastically in 2015 over 2014. Volume sales of avocados was up 52% during that time span and sales were up 38%. However, articles came out late last year that suggested that despite the increase in demand for avocados, we weren't seeing an increase in price for avocados. It turns out that increase in price was just delayed. Between $48 per crate of 48s in August in the U.S. and $45 per carton in July on average, that's one of the highest sustained marks for a crate price of avocados in all of history. Prices were still reasonably low in 2015, in part because they did have a decent supply. However, with the drought in California continuing, and 80% of avocados sold in the United States, it's estimated, are from California, this is really putting pressure not only on avocado ranchers, but also distributors and the avocado market from other areas, including Mexico. And you see Mexico now trying to step in, capture some of that market share. They're very aggressive in terms of advertising campaigns. You mentioned Chipotle. This especially can hurt them, the higher prices for avocados, because organic commands about a 40% premium. So they're seeing the premium even over the typical crate of avocados go up. And it's really hindering their bottom line considering the price they charge for guacamole on a particular dish has remained the same over the last couple of years. So there's a lot of dynamics going on here. But one thing is for sure that I know a lot of consumers, restaurants included, are looking forward to that promotional pricing they hope will be coming in September. And we already are starting to see a little bit of softening in the pricing for 60s, which are the smaller avocados that oftentimes Aldi and food service companies are content with marketing. So you're seeing dips in prices there, and customers as well as restaurants are hoping that the 48s aren't too far behind. Yeah, I think a lot of customers are going to be excited about this. For a long time now, especially as of the last two, three years, nutritionists, a lot of popular ones on television and other media have been really saying that they're chock full of nutrients, vitamins and minerals. A lot of people talk about the good saturated fats that are within avocados. So it's kind of been part of a health trend that's been overseeing the restaurant market. And I think a lot of people have been turned off by the idea that they should pay more when they go into a Chipotle up to $2 more just to have a side of guac. But if this really drives down the price of avocados, people are going to be buying, obviously, a bit more in the stores. They're going to be buying more prepackaged dip. So that's going to be good for the grocery store market as well. So avocados are an interesting vegetable in that they're typically used as a side, but more and more people are requesting them on things like burgers, things that you typically wouldn't see them on years ago. Avocados are obviously cholesterol and sodium free so they're naturally tasty they're also very healthy so that's an added bonus for the common consumer there
All right. Well, we've reached the stage in Food Focus where we close things out by telling you what we ate. Both Leighton and myself will give you one food item that we tried that's either new or different to the world of food out there. And Leighton, we'll start with you. Well, Trent, the other day I actually ended up going to my local mall and I tried a new offering and you're going to be a little bit surprised by this. I I do try to stay health conscious. However, with the advent of the Food Focus podcast, I've actually been a little off from my normal clean diet. But I went in to my local Auntie Anne's and I tried the new bacon cheddar stuffed pretzel nuggets. These are nuggets that are actually a little bit bigger than you would consider an average chicken nugget, but these are pretzels that are over cheddar and bacon bits and this is kind of an interesting idea from Auntie Anne's obviously their business is the pretzel business and really here they're trying to add in some different flavorings here obviously cheese is a staple add-on item for them but just to add the bacon in there gave it a little bit different of a taste. It gave it a taste that I didn't quite expect. It was actually almost kind of sweet. So I don't know if that's necessarily the cheese or the salt that surrounded the pretzel itself, but it tasted actually better than expected. And it was actually at a price point that was fairly reasonable. A medium sized cup of these, they put them in a cup here, is about four to five dollars. And so I, I think that the price points okay and I think that the item itself is okay the only thing that I experienced was that they tend to cool quite fast so if you don't eat them quickly the ones at the bottom are going to be a little bit chilled by the time you get to them I was going to add that perhaps you experienced some heartburn in addition to the cooling food as well Yeah, and I ended up feeling not too pleasant afterwards. However, I did not eat the entire container. So I try to feel a little bit better about myself when I don't consume the entire serving of something that's seen as unhealthy. All right. Well, I actually went to Buffalo Wild Wings. We talked some time ago on the Food Focus podcast about the fast break lunch guarantee that Buffalo Wild Wings introduced in early July. And I figured I would take advantage of that for our listeners that are unaware. Buffalo Wild Wings has a fast break menu where Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 at many locations, they guarantee 15 minutes from the time you walk into the door to the time you get your food. And I will say it was a little bit longer than that for me. It's not like I lobbied to get my food free or anything. It was less than 15 minutes from the time they took my order to the time I got my food, but it was about 25 minutes overall for the experience. All that being said, I had the chicken buffalito, and I'll read the menu explanation of what a chicken buffalito is. This is on their fast break lunch menu. One soft flour tortilla loaded up with grilled chicken, fresh lettuce, house-made pico, a blend of cheeses, sour cream, and your favorite buffalo wild wing sauce. My favorite buffalo wild wing sauce is actually spicy garlic, and I have to say I enjoyed the chicken buffalito immensely. It surpassed my expectations. It wasn't all that big, and it wasn't necessarily all that filling, especially at a price point of $6.99. As far as the nutrition facts on the chicken buffalito, it's very reasonable. You're looking per buffalito at about 245 calories and about 10 grams of fat. So not anything out of the ordinary, certainly. Of course, the buffalo sauce adds a little bit to that. But given that it is at Buffalo Wild Wings, it's one of the more healthy menu items that you could possibly get. I think for the price point, 
not necessarily the best of values, but it was certainly quality food there at Buffalo Wild Wings, and they met my expectations as far as time is concerned, because you and I had talked when they rolled out this plan. It's very rare even at Buffalo Wild Wings during dinner time that you get served your food within an hour of walking into the restaurant. Yeah, to be honest, a total time of 25 minutes seems to be a reasonable time, especially for a restaurant concept such as Buffalo Wild Wings. And you actually reminded me I forgot to talk about the calories and the fat content for Auntie Anne's bacon cheddar stuffed pretzel nuggets. But 460 calories was an average container, about 25 grams of fat. So pretty bad on that front. But again, I didn't eat the entire thing. So I feel a little bit better about that. Did you eat your entire portion from Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, I probably could have eaten two of them, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm amazed that your cup of pretzel nuggets was only about 460 calories. It seems rather low given the item description. Yeah, to be honest with you, there wasn't as much cheese as I expected. And then if you actually look at the pictures online, the promotional pictures, there doesn't seem to be a lot of cheese in there. They don't really stuff it as the name would indicate. Okay, interesting. Well, that'll do it for us here on Food Focus. For Leighton, I'm Trent. Make sure and check us out on Twitter at The Food Focus or at Retail Podcast. We'll be back next week with a Retail Focus podcast that if you're a food fan, I think you'll want to listen to because we're going to talk a little bit about seasonality in produce and more importantly, marketing pumpkins. So we'll be back with Retail Focus next Wednesday. Everyone have a great weekend. This has been the Food Focus Podcast. As always, we may have a position in or against companies we discuss on the podcast. Do not invest in stocks solely on the input of the podcast hosts. For more information or for past podcast episodes, visit us online at retailfocuspodcast.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at The Food Focus for news in the restaurant, fast food, beverage, and grocery industries. Thank you.